Okay, um, today's reading is from um, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3. Uh, we're going to look at the whole, cha- whole um, chapter. So that's um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, labouring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that someone, some among you are idle. They are, they are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, Write this greeting in my own hand, which is a distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Uh, So as I mentioned earlier, we've got a number of our pastoral team and others others from our church who are out in Brewarrina, which you head out northwest, that way, roughly that way. If you drive for 10 hours, uh, you'll kind of get there in the right direction. Um, they're out there because uh, our, our church, and particularly um, Stuart and a number of the other pastoral team, have got a long relationship uh, with the Indigenous uh, br- brothers and sisters out there. The, um, there's an Indigenous church there in Brewarrina run by our friend Isaac. Um, they have a youth group, which uh, you know, heaps and heaps of teenagers from the community come to. They run a church service every week. Um, and we as a church love to go and visit, hang out with them, um, and just participate with them as they do their ministry. Uh, and so one of the, there's a number of times for that during the year. There's always an opportunity for you, if you would ever like to go on a friendship visit, you're always very welcome uh, to go on one of these friendship visits. We try and give people enough uh, notice so that that's an opportunity you can take part of. Um, but we also had the thought during the week to be really nice, even for us who couldn't uh, be over in Brewerna at this time, to actually partake and share in that experience just a little bit. And we thought by, we could do that 
by actually piping in the sermon from Brewarrina. So we're not going to have a preacher right here, right now. We are going to watch uh, Paul, who is in Brewarrina now, uh, not a live feed because that was just a little bit too technologically risky, um, but recorded yesterday, uh, Paul in Brewarrina uh, preaching on our 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3 for us. So uh, hopefully after a long period of COVID, we're all used to video sermons. Uh, this won't be too strange. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's partner with our friends in Brewarrina now as we uh, listen to the Word of God explained. Okay, welcome everyone. Great to see you. Here we are on the banks of the Barwon River at Brewarrina. An electrical storm bearing down upon us in 40 degree heat. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> you might remember that program. Remember that program Doomsday Preppers? You know that program that um, followed the lives of people that made it their absolute priority uh, to get ready for events that were going to end the world. Um, all their effort was being poured into mastering skills of survival, doing whatever they could to survive. Now, of course, we watched that show and we sort of laughed at them and thought, that's a bit strange. At least we laughed at them until just this year uh, when we thought, yeah, gee, it would actually be really good if we could actually have a stockpile of toilet paper in our garage. You might still have that stockpile there for you. But um, what those preppers displayed was really where their priorities were. And it begs that question, I mean, what should our priorities be as, as God's people? Um, if it's not mastering survival techniques, um, if it's not stockpiling food, then what should we be preparing for? Now, of course, as we've been studying Thessalonians over the last couple of weeks, it's clear, isn't it? It's the return of Jesus. That's what we're waiting for. But how do we prepare for that? Um, what should we be doing in the meantime? Should we get into work, or should we kick back and relax? God's giving us some hints here, but uh, I'll try to interpret. <laughs> um, well, anyway, he starts by this letter making it clear. Have a look at verse 1 of chapter 3. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. Nothing reveals our priorities quite like our prayer lives. And here we see the Apostle Paul's priority. His concern was for the spread of the gospel, the rapid spread. And obviously that's a challenge to my prayer life because so often I get focused on different priorities, um, things that are urgent for me. You know, you know the way it goes, please God help me today, I've got heaps to do. Or please God help me today because I've got, I'm facing all these problems. Now. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with it. Other parts of the Bible talk, us about, talk to us about casting our anxieties upon God. There's a place for that. But the verse here is saying there's an even greater concern for the spread of the gospel, for people to hear the good news about Jesus. And we've been hearing that because something immense is coming, the judgment of God. Remember those words we read last week and the week before? Words like punishment perishing, condemnation, everlasting destruction. They're sobering words, but they're real words. People so desperately need to hear about the good news of Jesus and the hope he brings, his love, his forgiveness. The way we finished chapter two last week with these lovely words, may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. 
Isn't that what we all need? A certain hope. A certain hope in the face of death. We're going to hear Isaac in a minute talking about the hope that people need, especially out here. We need encouragement in the face of judgment. Eternal encouragement instead of eternal destruction. There's such a need for people to hear Jesus. And so Paul says, make it your top priority. And pray for the rapid spread because it's so urgent. It's so easy to get complacent and forget about that urgency. Okay, talking about urgency, we just have to urgently move undercover because the storm's coming through. Uh, this is just a real blessing from God because, well, only last year this place was in drastic, um, dreadful drought. And now it's been raining, the Barwon River's flowing, and we've got a storm coming through. Woo! And it also says there for the gospel to be honoured. Um, people don't just need to hear the gospel, they need to respond to it the right way. Um, and this is really God's work, isn't it? I mean, we can say the gospel, we can preach the gospel, we can plant the seed, but God makes the seed grow. So we need to pray. And of course, in light of all this, this call to prayer, I mean, the Thessalonians themselves were an example of the gospel spreading. They heard the word of God and they responded to it the right way. And you might be a living example of that as well, that uh, as people shared the gospel with you, you responded to it correctly. And people were praying for you. It might have been a parent, it might have been a grandparent, a friend, a colleague, someone was praying for you, praying this exact prayer. And it made an up, a huge impact in our lives to turn to Christ and follow him. God just loves to answer the prayer of the spread of the gospel. And here, though, as we read on the second verse, we get a bit of a reality check, though, because in case you're thinking it's just as easy, just pray and God will answer, or pray and people become Christians, then we read verse 2, and says, And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. There are some people who don't like the spread of the gospel. And it's one of the themes of this letter, hasn't it been? About persecution. People who are Christian are being persecuted for their faith. Sometimes we know it all too well, the opposition to the gospel. You pray for the spread of the gospel, but you get resistance. It might be polite decline of an invitation, or it might be outright hostility. Or because you're a follower of Jesus, you can be persecuted. But if verse 2 is a reality check, then we get verse 3. Look at verse 3 here with me. But the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. This is what Paul's saying. He said, I promise you this. There's no need to try to plow on on your own. As if you're evangelizing in your own strength. As we said, it's God's work. And he'll strengthen us. He'll protect us. He is faithful. So pray, as it says here. Now, you might be like me and often thinking, well, sometimes... I just don't feel like praying for the spread of the gospel. My heart, sadly, is cold to this desire. And I'm not, or maybe I'm not up to this. I'm not up to praying for the rapid spread of the gospel. But if that's the case, then we get this lovely pastoral word from Paul in verse 5. Have a look at verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. It's a lovely pastoral verse, isn't it? We can even pray about our cold hearts. 
and pray, Lord, you know, my heart's not where it should be. I'm, I'm just too focused on my own desires, my own priorities. I'm sorry about that. Please forgive me and change me. And God loves to answer that prayer as well, to warm our hearts, to have a priority for the lost, to have a love for the lost as he does. And we can pray for the perseverance of Christ to keep pushing on even though I'm feeling weak. It's a lovely pastoral word from Paul. And as we close, we're going to hear from Isaac and really we asked him a couple of questions about how he can see in his work these verses worked out. How we can see that there's such an urgency for the gospel to be spreading amongst people that are often quite hopeless needing to hear the good news about Jesus. He'll share about the urgency of that. But he'll also share about the great power of God and how he's worked in the hearts of many people that he's ministered to. And what a blessing that is to us. So, in closing, let's hear from Isaac. How can we be urgently praying for the gospel here in Bawarana? Um, well, brother, you know, we, uh, we need strength to, uh, to go different communities to, to preach the gospel and uh, just pray that we uh, we in good health pray that we're uh, financially available to to go to these little communities and, and God will always make a way but give us a real zeal uh, God to give the, the church a real zeal to, to do more yeah. and uh, the great commandment go in all the world and preach the gospel and um, I think that some, sometimes we lose that that command, you know, we, we seem to stay in church too long and, yeah. and we don't get out to reach those who are lost. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, that prayer should be for, for, for all Australia, you know, to, we have, still have the freedom to preach the word. Yeah. So if, you know, if we got that freedom, why not use it mm. for God's kingdom, you know, and, and reach many, many people who are lost. Is time short? Time running out, imagine you've only got to look at the state of this world if you can't see that that there's no hope in the world, you know, there's there's something wrong with your eyes, you know. Mm. The Bible says anoint your eye with eye salt so you can see. Mm. And I believe today we need to really open our eyes spiritually and see that time running out. Yep. And uh, while I'm just saying this, you know, the suicide rate is, is getting out of control. Yes, yesterday in, in, in Walgett we lost two young fellows. By, by hanging, you know. Yeah. And so there's this great hopelessness throughout the world. Yeah. Of no hope, you know. And, and look, I just can't understand. If you haven't got Jesus in your life, what hope have you got? Yeah. There's no hope outside Jesus, you know. And, yeah. and, and the church has got to really grab hold of this. And so we have the answer yeah. to suicide, depression, anxiety and all that. Yeah. There's only found in Jesus, you know. And yeah. the, if we just run with that and preach it and, and, and people surrender their lives and come to come to Jesus and that's where I always say God created me. God created me in his image. God created we we're made in his likeness. Mm. Now he created us for one purpose to have a relationship with us. Mm. To walk with him, to love him. Mm. And every human being that's born has a place in their heart where God got to dwell yeah, yeah. and that's the that, that's the, the part of the human race today that is not letting God dwell and that's where the suicide the hopelessness yeah, yeah. all happens in that in that place where God should be dwelling mm. he 
you know, if we can only just reach out to to those who are, who are just in a hopeless state, brother, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and and look and, and introduce Jesus to them yeah. and let that hole be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. And God, he helps us overcome. Yeah. He don't take things away from us, but he helps us overcome yeah. through his strength, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we got to we got the beautiful good news to the to the dying world, mm. and we we got to celebrate his birthday. That's, that's right. Around yeah. us is born this day in the city of David a saviour, yeah. which is Christ our Lord. Amen. And oh, amen, brother. I like, um, that's, do you have any stories of people that have like taken up that great hope and stories of how they've changed and found Jesus? Well, well, well uh, in, our, in our church today we got a little, uh, our church is growing, we've, we've had seven baptisms in the last two months. That's wonderful. And we see people like Matt Simpson, he's a, he's a worship leader. Yeah. If you see, the Matt had a beautiful mum, and but his dad was mixed up in drugs and, and his dad died from, from drugs. But Matt was, was on that broad road. Mm -hmm. And one, four years ago, he come on the River Convention and he received Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, four years ago, Matt was in the world and doing things in the world, and, but now he's our worship leader. He's really changed. And he's changed completely. You know? yeah. We have another old brother that that came from Brisbane. He was passing through Brewarrina to go to uh, a place called Broken Hill. He stopped here in the caravan park. And as he had his, had his car stolen, broke in there. Anyway, the, the Christians, Julie and young Brad Gordon, showed him love. And this old bloke couldn't believe what, what love the Christians can offer people. Offer, you know? yeah. They were there for him. They even drove him to, to, to back to Brisbane yeah. to get his insurance. Yeah. Get another motor car. Yeah. And he said, he said, well, I want to go back to Brewarrina. And Brad said, what do you want to go back there for? Your car got stolen. Yeah. He said, I don't care. He said, I've never seen love like yeah. the people showed me in Brewarrina. Changed house. He uh, came back to Brewarrina, guess what happened? What happened? Car got stolen. <laughs> so Julian took him to Dubbo. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> amazing. He went down, he trying to get his insurance. And he's telling this lady at the counter that his car got stolen uh, in Brewarrina twice. And the lady said, Brewarrina? And he said, yeah, you, you wouldn't know where it is. And she said, I know where that is. She said, I come from there. Mm -hmm. And she said, I bet you don't go back to that place. He said, you know what? He said, I'm going back to Brewarrina, I'm going to live there. Yeah. He left his flat in Brisbane, moved to Brewarrina. He's an ex, ex Viet veteran. Yeah. He lives in Brewarrina, and now he's our, he's our church um, financial bloke. That's all the books. Yeah, yeah, trying to treasurer. Treasurer. And he said to me, he said, brother, you know, he said, I've, I've been in the Catholic religion. He said, I was with the Jesuit priest. He said, I've been in this place and this place. He said, but he said now, he said, I found Jesus. Yeah. He said, my anxiety that I had when I was coming home from the war, he said, and all that tablets I was on and all that, he said, 
He said, I found perfect peace. Mm. He said, contentment in, in my life in Rwanda. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy. So it doesn't matter where we are. Yeah. When we've got Christ yeah. in our heart, in our life, yeah. no matter where we are, we can yeah. find true contentment, you know, sure. peace. Yeah. And, uh, and we've, you know, you followed have been part of our, 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 our people out here now for nearly 20 years now. God, you know, he's blessed us. Mm. And like I, like I try to tell people, the answer to reconciliation is only in Jesus. Mm. And that's, you know, we've proved that. Yeah. I don't look at you as a white fellow. I look at you as my brother. Mm. Same blood covered, washed your sins, same blood washed my sins. So we're one people. Yeah. They've got people not getting. Yeah. We're one. Mm. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's, there's no beautiful message in that. Yeah. You know, that's that's what the world's missing out on. You know, this the true oneness mm. of knowing Christ. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. I haven't got... Look, I'm closer to my Christian brothers and sisters than I am to my own fleshy brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. Because we've got a lot in common. Yeah. And we serve the same God, you know, and yeah. the same Father. And, yeah. and this is... Look... We have, we have a message like of hope, yeah. you know, and I can't express enough. This is the prime time, the world's prime for good news. Yeah. It's dying for good news. Yeah. And where are you going to get it from? Investing in wealth, investing in materialism? No, you won't find, won't find that fulfillment in that. Mm. The only fulfillment is found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and that, that's... That's the message we got for the world. And we, we should be shouting from the hilltop, brother. That's right. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Yeah. And you know what? He's not going to be late. Yeah. He's going to be right on time. That's right, yeah. Hey. Amen. And soon I'm going to meet you brothers at the pearly gate. And brother, don't go in without me. Yeah. We walk in together. Yeah. Hey. But the people at Kiriwi, Soli, we love you. And... Uh, we can't thank you enough for, for, for what you've been to us. And uh, being there with us for the tough time. And uh, just knowing that you got brothers and sisters who are praying for you and who love you genuinely, you know, not mm. not this half-hearted love, but people who love you with a, with a sincere, godly love. And uh, we'll keep praying for you. As time to go on and the thing might be getting a bit tougher, but if we can lift one another up, we lift you up, you lift us up, and we walk this journey together. And we walk right through into the pearly gates. And we're there forever. Amen. Hey? Yeah. What a day. And then Peter's there. Oh. Uncle Graham's there. Yeah. They're all there. Uncle Tom. That old with it there, and he'd be like that straight as a die. <laughs> What a place. Hey. Mm. Yeah. So I just want to say we love you and uh, thank you for this time I can just talk. And, mm. and Brother Paul, love you, my mate. And, uh, thank you, brother. And uh, we've had a lovely time this morning. Yeah. And uh, a bit hard to see Mum in the hospital and see her going down, you know. But really, she's not going down, she's going up. Yeah. And soon she'll be home. Mm. And uh, yeah. thank God, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.